Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. I'll be reading Luke 22, 31 through 34, and 54 through 62. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter the rooster will not crow, to, will not crow on this day until you deny me three times. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You are, the one, that w- you are one of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly, this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered what the Lord had said, how he said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went away and wept bitterly. That's the word of the Lord. So, it's a familiar passage where Peter uh, denied Jesus three times. Um, I would like to now for us to, to, to dive into a story that's not in the Bible. You guys are familiar with it. There's a, there was a series of books written by C.S. Lewis, Lewis called the Chronicles of Narnia. Most people probably read Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, and then maybe if you loved it, you read the rest of them. There's one called uh, a, a, a Horse and His Boy. And I want, I, want, I want us to go through a, a little passage of that right now, so it should be on the screen. Just listen. I was the lion. And as Shasta gaped with open mouth and said nothing, the voice continued. I was the lion who forced you to join with Erebus. I was the cat who comforted you among the houses of the dead. I was the lion who drove the jackals from you as you slept. I was the lion who gave the horses the new strength of fear for the last mile so that you should reach King Loon in time. And I was the lion you do not remember who pushed the boat in which you lay, a child near death, so that it came to shore where a man sat, wakeful at midnight to receive you. Then it was you who wounded Erebus. It was I. But what for? Child, said the voice. I am telling you your story, not hers. I tell no one any story but his own. Who are you? asked Shasta. Myself, said the voice, very deep and low, so that the earth shook. And again, myself, loud and clear and gay. And then the third time, myself, whispered so softly you could hardly hear it and yet it seemed to come from all around you, as if the leaves rustled with it. Shasta was no longer afraid that the voice belonged to something that would eat him, nor that it was the voice of a ghost, but a new and different sort of trembling came over him, yet he felt glad too. 
So I had that read for, for a reason. I want you guys to know if you've been here very long at all, like Jesus is the hero around here all the time, every day, every hour. Um, and, and we want to find him in every passage that we teach and, and, and that we read. The Bible is a book about him. So make no mistake about it. But I want to tell you this today. If there was ever a day that I really urge you to find yourself in a narrative of Scripture, today's that day. Um, here's my prayer. It has been my prayer as I've been looking at this. So obviously in that, in that story, Aslan is this lion who's also this sort of type of Jesus that C.S. Lewis makes him to be. Um, it's my prayer that Aslan tells you your story today. And, and not someone else's story. So don't be tempted to think of other people as you're, as you're listening to this today. Um, I want you to have enough courage today to be told your story. That's my prayer. So, so we dive into our passage, and, and, and obviously in the middle of all this today is Peter. Because we are backtracking a little bit. So Scott uh, taught last week about Jesus being on trial. But let's just kind of revert back to a different scene where we pick Peter up. Now, Peter, you need to know about Peter. He was mentioned early in, in the Gospels in Luke chapter 4. We see that Jesus went to his mother-in-law's house, um, and, he, and, and he healed her. Or he went, to, he went to, I think, Peter's house and healed Peter's mother-in-law. There are probably some mother-in-law jokes out there. I don't have them. So um, if you're thinking of them, just confess that. Then we go to Luke chapter 5, um, and we see where Jesus calls Peter. If you remember, he's fishing. They haven't caught anything. Jesus is like, hey, put your nets on the other side. He does. Obviously, their boats are starting to sink. And then he, and Jesus calls Peter, hey, follow me. Now I'm going to make you fishers of men. And something happens very soon after Peter is called. We see that Jesus changes his name. So when we first see Peter, he's called Simon. But Jesus changes his name to Peter, the rock. If you are a Christian in here this morning, a follower of Jesus, that's how it works. Death to life. It's a transformational thing that the Holy Spirit does inside of you. You have a new heart. You have a new life. You have a new name. Peter got a new name. Now let's dive into Peter's personality for a minute. Peter was a dedicated guy, without question. Now, he was a bit impulsive. We know this from Scripture, Peter lets us know that, right? He, he tried to demonstrate acts of faith. He, he often did that, but he failed a lot, right? Case in point, you guys, you may remember this story or not. Peter walked on water briefly, right? He, he showed that he had faith in Jesus for like seven seconds, and then he took his eyes off Jesus, and he sank. That's kind of how it went for Peter and mo most of the time, okay? Peter is also the guy who rebuked Jesus. Peter rebuked the Son of God. Right? Jesus is saying, hey, I got to go to the cross. I got to die. And Peter's like, no way. And then he rebuked Jesus for saying it. And if you remember when we talked about the parable of the rich young ruler, it was Peter who, after this parable, stated his undying loyalty to Jesus. That is Peter. So it takes us to our passage, 22, 31. It says, Jesus is talking to Peter. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. 
And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me or three times. So you read that passage and immediately you're like, wait a minute, Jesus knew that Peter would fail him. Did you catch that? Like Jesus knew it. He said it was going to happen. But there's something we can't skip there because it's interesting. This is, Jesus is close to the cross. Like he's really close to the cross. It's about to go down. And Jesus addresses Peter, but he doesn't say, Peter, Peter, Satan demanded to have you. What's he say? Simon, Simon. That's as if Jesus is saying, hey, for a brief moment, you're going to go back. You're going to go back to your old life. You're going to go back to the way that you used to live. Anybody? You don't have to raise your hand. Anybody struggle with reverting back to the way you used to live? Maybe you revert back to the way that you used to think. Maybe you revert back to the way that you used to act before Jesus changed your name. And then my question is, is Aslan telling you your story this morning? If that is you, Jesus knew. He knew it was going to happen. He knew... He knew if it did happen, he knows if, you're, if it's happening right now, and he knows that it will happen in the future. He knew that it was going to happen with Peter. And he says, hey, Peter, Satan demanded to have you. Now, that's kind of weird. And we could dive into a whole sermon about this, but I just want to take that little sentence and make sure you all understand this. You have an enemy, and that enemy hates Jesus. And that enemy hates that you belong to Jesus. And he wants to shred you to pieces. When you see that little phrase, sift you like wheat, you can just insert shred you to pieces. That is what your enemy wants to do to you. And I want you to know this morning that Satan is real. Anybody tells you any different, that, that is a dangerous, dangerous lie. Satan is real and he actually has a ton of power in this world. And I know that from Scripture. 1 John 5, 19 says, We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. We know from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that there's a God of this world, and he's the one that blinds the eyes of the unbeliever. If you're not a believer here this morning, you don't know Jesus, you don't love Jesus, that's because there's a God of this world that has blinders on your eyes. And then there's this verse, very familiar verse. It tells us to be sober minded be watchful because your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour and where do we find that in scripture first peter see peter wrote that because he knew from experience Peter tells Jesus, no way, no way I'm going to deny you. I'll go to prison for you, 
I will die for you. Here's the thing about it. Peter believed that. Like, wholeheartedly, Peter believed it. He meant what he said. Like, Peter was living for Jesus. Then this takes us to verse 54. It says, then they seized him and led him away, that's Jesus, bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, this man was also with him, but he denied it, saying, woman, I did not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, hey, you also are one of them. But Peter said, man, I'm not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he, how he said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. Guys, make no mistake about it. When we talk about Peter and we talk about this scene, this is not some casual Christian guy that we're talking about. Like this isn't that guy that just comes to church like once a month or on Easter and on Christmas. Like he's a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And he's not even just a disciple. See, Jesus had three dudes. That was his inner circle. Like he had 12, but then he had the three that were really tight with Jesus. And Peter was one of those guys. And it's not even that he was one of those guys. Every single time that, that's, that those three guys are mentioned in Scripture, who's named first? Peter. Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. Peter loved Jesus. Just telling you, we, we can give Peter a hard time here, but this guy was legit, probably more legit than any of us in the room. See, and he made a statement to Jesus. Before the, before the, crew, the, the rooster crowed, see, he made a statement to Jesus. He said, and it was, he made a promise to Jesus. He gave his word to Jesus. I will go to prison for you. I will die for you. And then within a matter of literally hours... Jesus, Jesus, I'll die for you. Hours, I don't even know the guy. No. Quite simply, Peter broke his word. Anybody? Anybody ever break their word? is Aslan telling you your story this morning. Jesus, I'll never get a divorce. Jesus, till death. Jesus, I'll never be unfaithful to my spouse. Jesus, I will, I will never be addicted to that stuff. Jesus, I promise I will never look at that website again. Again. 
See, Jesus knew. He knew it was going to happen. Jesus knew when I would act like I never knew him. Jesus, he knew when you would act like you've never heard of him. He knew. See, Peter failed miserably. And so have I. And so have you. So what's our response? What's our response when we fail? Did you, did you see verse 61 and 62? And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. Hill City Church, when's the last time that you've wept over your sin? And maybe it's not a literal weeping. Maybe I ask it this way. When's the last time you have felt broken over your sin? How long did it take Peter? Like the sooner we are broken over our sin, the better. Ecclesiastes tells us this, sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. It says the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. See, we have a saying in our house quite a bit, uh, quite often. Now, you guys know I've got four kids. So there's some whining and crying that happens, right? So, so Jenny and I will say, hey, there are, there are great reasons to cry. There are great times to cry. And then almost 99% of the time we follow it up with, that now's not one of those times. <laughs> like, you, you didn't get a cookie yet, but we're not going to cry about that. When's the last time we've been broken? How about this experience? Let me ask you about this. Anybody in here besides me ever blatantly fail? Like you did something that you said you would never do. And as soon as you did it, it was like, it was like Jesus looked at you. It was like the Holy Spirit made eye contact with your soul. And it was in that moment that you were reminded of who you really are apart from the grace of God. Like you felt ashamed. You felt dirty. Maybe some of you felt sick. Maybe some of you felt really embarrassed. What do you do with all that? Because it's real. What do you do with all that? Because I, I, I want to be clear. That there is a righteous guilt. Right? Maybe, maybe there's a word you've heard. It's like conviction. There is a righteous guilt and a, and, a, and a righteous conviction. Like, listen, there is a time to be ashamed of what you did to deny Jesus. But hear me. 
that should cause you to run to Jesus. Because there, there is also a demonic shame. The kind of shame that grips you and causes you to run away from Jesus. And when you do that, usually you run into more shame. And then you run away from Jesus and then you run into more shame. Because there's somebody else in a story or, or in a story that denied Jesus, right? One of, his, one of his disciples denied him, right? You remember Judas? He sold Jesus out and he was ashamed and he ran away from Jesus and he killed himself. So there's a demonic shame. See, Peter felt a righteous guilt and he wept bitterly. And this brings us to Jesus. So in that moment, Jesus was there. He sees Peter. Peter sees him. He witnesses. Jesus witnesses one of his best friends, one of his most loyal followers, blatantly denies him. And what does Jesus do? And this is huge. You ready? Here's what Jesus does. He goes, he goes to the cross. He goes to the cross. So it takes us to this point. We're teaching your kids right now because we teach your kids in this church this every single week. See, Jesus was perfect. Peter was a failure. And Jesus came to save failures. Jesus came to save sinners. Romans 5 says, while we were yet failures, while we were yet people who reject him, while we were people who deny him, while we were people who act like we never heard of him, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hill City Church, listen to me closely. Your failures do not surprise God. Your, your darkest moment the darkest moment of your life, the thing that you did, you said you would never, ever do, did not take God off guard. He was not shocked by it. He went to the cross for that. Why? Because he's faithful. He's faithful, even to those who are unfaithful. See, Jesus came to save failures. But he doesn't just save us. You see, we can't stop there. Jesus doesn't just save us. He changes us. You see, we got to be very careful. We got to be very careful that we don't settle into this nonchalant approach or feeling about our sin. We cannot do that. We cannot take the attitude, yeah, I sin, you sin, everybody sins, yeah, Jesus loves me anyway. The love of Jesus, the faithfulness of Jesus changes people. It's called sanctification. 
right? We can't just sit in our justification where Jesus made us right and then just continue and look at our sin like it's no big deal. See, we are being changed by Jesus. Check this out. If you go back, it was, it was, it was quick, but it's Luke, Luke 22, verse 32. Check out what Jesus tells him. First, he's like, hey, Satan demanded you. He's going to tear you apart. And Jesus says, hey, but I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, repented, when you have repented, strengthen your brothers. So Jesus looks at Peter. He's like, dude, you're going to be torn apart. And you're going to repent. And when you do, I want you to go strengthen your brothers. What? It's like Jesus saying, hey, you're going to fail me miserably. You're going to fail me miserably, and I'm going to use it. So I'm going to use your failure so that you can strengthen people. Is Aslan telling anyone their story this morning? Let me just tell you my story really quickly. One sentence. I failed Jesus, and he was faithful to me. Okay, now let me tell you your story. I'm going to make it really quick. You failed Jesus, and he was faithful to you. And what that looks like and how that story pans out, it's going to be different. It's going to be different, but I know this. Whatever failure it is, it's within that failure where I believe you just like Peter, can find your God-given calling. This takes us to another gospel. The gospel of John. John 21. John chapter 21. So Peter denies Jesus. He runs away, he weeps bitterly. Okay, what happened? What happened? Well, Jesus goes to the cross. He was crucified. He was buried. And he rose again. And Peter was a little bit down in the dumps. He like tells his guys, hey, I'm going to go fishing. So he goes fishing. And while he's fishing, the, the, the Bible tells us there's a guy on the shore and he's cooking breakfast. And he says something familiar to these guys that aren't catching fish. He's like, cast your nets on the other side. Ding, 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 ding. Who, who is on the shore? And it was Jesus. And his risen Jesus. And he cooked some breakfast. And check this out. Verse 15 says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus, now he's going to go talk to Peter. He said, hey, Simon Peter, Simon, son, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my lambs. Jesus looks back at Peter for a second time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
Jesus said, tend to my sheep. And he said to him a third time, do you love me? Do you? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And Peter said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. See, Peter denied Jesus three times. It's no coincidence that Jesus comes back risen from the grave and he looks at Peter and asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Now listen, we got to pay attention to what Jesus did not say to Peter. Like Jesus didn't look at him. He didn't say, hey, Peter, you're a liar. Like, you, you told me you'd go to me. You are a liar. Hey, Peter, you're, you're a coward. Like, when things got tough, you bailed, dude. Peter, all that stuff in the garden, you grabbed the sword, you cut the dude's ear off, acting like you're all tough. You're not tough. That, you're just a scared little boy trying to be tough to mask your fear. Jesus didn't hey, and all those things are true of Peter, by the way. He was a liar. He was a coward. He did try to be a tough guy. Did Jesus tell him that? No. Jesus stands eye to eye. Man to man. The God man. Looking at the measly man. He looks at him in his eye and he says, Do you love me? That's a question that's asked within a relationship. That's actually a difference between a relationship and religion. Because in religion, it would be the God-man coming back saying, okay, because of these sins, you need to do this 50 times and this 30 times, and you need to earn this back before we're ever friends again. That's religion. Relationship is, I'm going to ask you, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Go feed my sheep, Peter. Peter, I want you to give your life to my people and to my church. So what did he feed the sheep? Like, what what is he supposed to feed the sheep? Quite simply, I think we could say, feed the sheep, God and God's word, and that's going to look a little different depending on the context of maybe where God has called you. So here's the question, Hill City, from God. Do you love me? Then go help other men and women who have porn addiction. Do you love me? Then go walk with someone through depression. Do you love me? Then go help that guy who was unfaithful to his wife. Do you love me? Go find some addicts and help them get victory. Feed my sheep. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's the, that's the song we sing. Can the sheep eat that? 
Go taste and see that the Lord is good. Matthew 4.4, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. John 6.35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not hunger. Feed my sheep, Peter. Feed my sheep. What do you think Peter did after Jesus ascended into heaven? What do you think Peter did? Fed the sheep. We see it. See, a continuation of Luke, of the Gospel of Luke, is actually the book of Acts. And it's in Acts chapter 2, where we see Peter. He's standing with the eleven. He's standing with the eleven. And then there's some other crowds around him. So, so it was roughly about 120 plus people, followers of Jesus. And who speaks? You can go read it for yourself. Who speaks in Acts chapter 2? It's Peter. And after he speaks, 3,000 people were saved. Peter preached the gospel of Jesus on that day. And make no mistake about it, the world has not ever been the same since. Now, now you can do the math. That was at Pentecost when Peter preached, so essentially 53 days ago, Peter was like, I don't know the guy. No. And one gospel basically says he starts cussing people out because they were saying he knew Jesus. 53 days ago, before he preaches the gospel and 3,000 people meet Jesus. Anybody fail in the last 53 days? And if you did, and maybe, maybe it wasn't 53 days. Maybe it was when you were in high school. Maybe it was when you were in college. I don't know when it was, but I want to ask you this. Are you believing the lie from Satan that is telling you because of your failure you are of no use to God? Because that's, that, 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 that's some of your story. Like that's the story that you have to allow Aslan to tell you this morning. Like you denied Jesus years ago. And you're still not over it. Because you believe that God will not use you. You've been spiritually paralyzed Maybe you've been spiritually paralyzed for 53 days. Maybe you've been spiritually paralyzed for 53 years. I don't know. But I want you to hear this this morning. God will indeed use your failures that did not surprise him. He will use your story that he actually wrote, and he will reveal to you your calling in life that could actually change the world. And listen, it's, it's not because your story is awesome. It's not because you are awesome. It's because Jesus was faithful even when you weren't. I mean, is Aslan telling anybody their story here this morning? Listen, make make no mistake about it, right? Peter preached the gospel. Thousands were saved. He never struggled again. Amen. You think that's how it went? 
No, that's what's awesome about the Bible. It tells us the truth. If this was Hollywood, 3,000 people would have been saved. And, that, and, then, and, then he, and then Peter, that's all, yeah, there you go. Good job, Peter. He's a hero. The Bible doesn't do that. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't sinless. But he was fully devoted to Jesus. Now let's talk about the first one. He wasn't perfect or sinless. Here's how I know this. In Galatians chapter 2, you can go read it for yourself, Paul writes about this. And Paul says this, he's like, basically me and Peter got in a fight. <laughs> That's basically what Paul tells us. I, had to with, I withstood him to his face because he was being a hypocrite. He was sinning. And he was actually leading other people away in his hypocrisy. That's Peter. So I just want to tell you this, Hill City Church, if you think all your failures are behind you, you would be incorrect. The question isn't, have you failed Jesus? The question isn't, have you denied Jesus? The question isn't, will you fail him again? Here's the question this morning, Hill City Church. Do you love him? I think our real issue for, for some of us is that we don't. <laughs> Do you love him? Do you love him enough to re repent when you fail? Do you love him enough to weep bitterly over your sin? Do you love him enough to commit to growth? Do you love him enough not to deny him even in the face of death? Because here's the reality. Peter got another chance. Peter got another chance to deny him. See, there was a guy in power. This isn't in scripture. This is in church history. There's a guy in power. I think Scott mentioned it, but Nero. Everybody heard of that guy. Dude was messed up. He got a hold of Peter. And church history tells us that Peter did not deny Jesus when Nero was going to kill him. Actually, church history tells us that Peter actually requested to be crucified upside down. See, he's going to crucify him like Jesus. Peter says, no, 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 I'm not worthy. I am not worthy to be crucified like Jesus. Crucify me upside down. Now, no one really knows if Rome honored that request or not, but I do know this. Peter was crucified. And it's funny because before that Passage that I read, Jesus actually, or, or after Jesus asked Peter if he loves him, Peter's like, yes, do you love me? Yes, do you love me? Yes. Okay, Jesus says this, truly, truly, Peter, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and will dress you and they'll carry you where you do not want to go. See, Jesus was telling Peter how he was going to die. At one time, Peter was scared. He was unwilling to stand with Jesus. He was unwilling to stand for Jesus. But see, Peter was a changed man. Because that's what the gospel will do to you and to me. It will change us. 
listen, you guys, we, we say, you can come to this church just as you are. There's no clean yourself up before you come. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to talk a certain way. Listen to me. You come here as you are. But I promise you the gospel will change you. You cannot stay as you are. So don't be the person that's just like, well, that's, that's who I am. That's how I do things. Like, deal with it. All you're saying is, I refuse to grow. And the gospel actually can't change me. That's what you're saying. Man, it changed Peter. It can change you. Have you changed? Are you being changed? Is God telling you your story this morning? Do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him?